Hey listeners, I recently launched an ad-free Serial Napper feed so that you can enjoy the podcast without interruptions. Elevate your Serial Napper listening experience by joining my Patreon community and get yourself an ad-free feed on Spotify. For just $2 a month, you can become a member today and unlock ad-free episodes while still supporting the podcast. It's super easy. Just visit Serial Napper on your Spotify app and click the button at the top that says exclusive episodes for subscribers. Don't use Spotify for your listening? No problem. Just visit patreon.com slash Serial Napper to get your episodes ad-free and enjoy uninterrupted storytelling while you get your naps in. Mother's Day is almost here. Have you found that truly special sentimental gift for your mom yet? Don't worry, I got you. MyLifeInABook.com is a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book. Here's how it works. Every week, MyLifeInABook.com will send her a question via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions that you want to ask. And then she can either type her response or use their voice-to-text feature And MyLifeInABook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. Imagine discovering stories about her youth, adventures, and the challenges that she overcame. This book becomes a legacy, something you and your children can treasure forever. Your mom has given you a lifetime of stories. This is your chance to give her a way to share them. I loved this idea so much that I've started my own My Life in a Book for my children to have. The thought of my son and daughter being able to learn about my life story as they grow into their own adulthood is truly special. It's been an enjoyable journey of self-reflection for me too, with questions like, which one event made the greatest impact on your life? It's brought back memories I didn't even know I had. I love it, and I know your mother will too. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code SERIALNAPPER at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com and use code SERIALNAPPER for 10% off today. Hey everyone, my name is Nikki Young and this is Serial Napper, an international true crime podcast. I'm back with another true crime story to lull you to sleep or perhaps to give you nightmares. It was supposed to be a rags to riches story. Christian Kazadi was a 29-year-old budding entrepreneur and the founder of a startup digital marketing agency called Click Media. He started this company with the last $30 that he had in his bank account, and he was really beginning to make waves in South Africa, where digital marketing is still in its infancy. In April of 2022, Christian was honored with an invitation to attend the inaugural Forbes Under 30 Africa Summit in Botswana. On the final day of the summit, Christian posted a photo of himself enjoying the sunrise safari with a caption that read, Bucket list experience. There was no indication that anything was wrong or that Christian was in any danger. However, just four days later, 
Christian was murdered while in police custody. This happened shortly after he was arrested for his really bizarre behavior at a stranger's funeral. His family has demanded answers as to what happened to this intelligent, thriving young man while in the care of these police officers, but so far they've been given none. So let's jump right in. Christian was born in the Democratic Republic of the Congo, but he immigrated to South Africa in 2001 as a refugee when he was just nine years old. His father, Samuel, had moved to South Africa just two years prior so that he could earn money as an IT teacher and a pastor. He had to leave his wife, Christian, and the other children behind. Things were supposed to get better now that the family had been reunited in South Africa and they were going to be building a new life. However, tragedy would strike only a few years later when Samuel was killed while he was on a business trip. His cause of death is unknown, but it completely devastated the family. Samuel wasn't only a husband and father, he was also the breadwinner of the family. After his untimely death, they really struggled to pay rent and to afford basic groceries. Thankfully, their church stepped in and helped with financial assistance. Still, Christian's mother had to try to make money in any way that she could to supplement what they were missing, so she began selling clothing and other household items at flea markets throughout South Africa. It meant a lot of traveling, long hours, and it was hard, laborious work. And still, it wasn't enough. Christian and his younger brother, Patrick, were no strangers to hard work. As young teens, the boys would work after school jobs, packing groceries. In fact, Christian, he was able to convince the grocery store manager to hire his mother too, so that she didn't have to travel from market to market trying to sell whatever she could. Christian's entrepreneurial spirit started at a young age, as he had this idea to sell snacks at school for a little extra cash. It was an all-hands-on-deck type situation, and the family really came together to ensure that they always had enough money to survive. In 2011, they came up with another creative idea to bring in additional money to the family. They would move into a large house that had four bedrooms, but they would only use one of the bedrooms for their family while they rented out the three others. It obviously wasn't the most comfortable or ideal living situation, but it worked. When Christian wasn't busy with school or working at the grocery store, he was a talented athlete who enjoyed playing on the high school basketball team and competing in track and field races. His dream was to one day play in the NBA, and it could have been a possibility if it weren't for his circumstances. After graduating from high school, he was accepted to attend college in New York, and he had even been offered a basketball scholarship. But his family, they still couldn't afford all of the additional expenses to send him all the way to America for schooling. Unfortunately, college in South Africa, well, that was also off the table. All of the various scholarships that the country offered, they were only available to full citizens, not refugees. For many people, after hitting wall after wall, obstacle after obstacle, 
they would have given up. Not Christian. He continued to work any odd job that he could in order to get by, while he also began to dream for the future. He wanted more out of life, and he thought that he could find it on social media. While digital marketing and social media management, it's a huge industry in North America, in South Africa, it's still just kind of catching up. Christian saw a gap in the market. Not all South African companies had a social media presence at the time, so he saw an opportunity where he could step in and help them manage their social media presence. One of his first gigs would combine his love of basketball with his love of social media. Christian landed an internship running the social media account for a company called Lockdown Productions. And Lockdown Productions, this was an organization who would put together these tournaments in Johannesburg for young basketball players. He also landed a role managing all of the social media for the Basketball National League, BNL, of South Africa. With Christian's newfound success and the income that came with it, his mother was finally able to quit her job and they no longer had to worry about where their next meal came from. Christian loved social media and he was really good at it. This is when he got the idea to start his own digital marketing agency, which he called Click Media. He had enjoyed his time working at other organizations, but he thought that he could make a whole lot more money with his own business. Because Christian was a refugee, he had refugee status, he wasn't able to register the company in his own name, so he had to ask a friend to do it for him. He would use his last $30 in his savings account to create his new digital marketing company, Click Media Productions. The company really took off, landing deals to run social media campaigns for clients like ESPN and even Adidas. At just 29 years old, Christian had the kind of determination and diligence to succeed and really go far in life, if only he had been given the chance. My name is Chris Kazadi. I'm the founder and CEO of Click Media Productions. So we specialize in digital and social media marketing. And uh, yeah, I'm just a, a young 26-year-old guy. Grew up in Johannesburg and uh, started my company three years ago. I've always wanted to have my own uh, company. Growing up, I've always wanted to work for myself and just do something for myself. It's right. always been me. In 2016, in January, that's when I actually started Click Media. So in December, the whole was December, November, I was like, ready. I'm like, 2016, I'm working myself. Right. And I uh, came Jan, 2016, 20th of Jan. I went to Pretoria to the where they register the companies. Yeah. I was there in the queue. I'm like, okay, I'm out here and I want to start this and I have my own company and I had the name in my head. Mm. Then when I went there, I just registered and the rest been history. He was incredibly proud and excited to be invited to attend the first ever Forbes Under 30 Africa Summit, which was to take place in Botswana in April of 2022. By all accounts, the trip was a huge success. It was a chance to network and learn from other young professionals, and Christian had a lot of fun. On the final day of the summit, he posted a photo to his Instagram page of himself posing in front of one of those safari trucks with a caption that read, quote, Under 30 Sunrise Safari Drive with the Forbes Under 30 team, a bucket list experience to end a bucket list summer. 
he had the biggest smile on his face in this photo. He would stay in Botswana for two more days before taking a flight back home to South Africa. On April 30th, 2022, at approximately 10.45 a.m., Chris arrives on a flight to Johannesburg, but he's denied entry into the country by immigration agents. Allegedly, the immigration officers told him that his work permit was invalid, which was untrue because he did, in fact, have a valid work visa that was effective from 2020 to 2023, so it wasn't even close to expiring. Unfortunately, it's not uncommon for South African refugees to have issues when attempting to re-enter the country. It's something that happens more frequently than it probably should. Either way, they told him that he should return to his home country of the Democratic Republic of the Congo to try to get his paperwork sorted out there. Chris had left South Africa to visit other African countries several times before, and he was able to successfully return to the country without issue, so he had no idea why now, suddenly, they were denying him entry. Though he hadn't returned to the Congo since he initially left as a child, he didn't really have any other options and he needed to get back home, so he booked a flight for the following day to Kinshasa. He would arrive just after midnight on May 2nd, and a family friend was going to be picking him up from the airport. Now, when this family friend gets to the airport, he sees Chris, and Chris is with two unidentified men. Christian says that he has to go with these guys because they're going to be able to help him out with his visa paperwork. The plan is to spend the first half of the day working out the visa, and then he was supposed to catch a flight out of there later that afternoon. Christian would never catch that flight. My family is getting ready to make a big move across the ocean to a place where English isn't the spoken language. This isn't my first rodeo, so I'm making sure I'm fully prepared by learning the language ahead of time. Sure, I know I can use an app once I get there, but you'd be shocked by how much gets lost in translation. I want to talk like a local, which is why I'm excited to use Rosetta Stone, the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn and has been a trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, and more. Rosetta Stone helps you to think in the language you're learning using an intuitive process that's designed for long-term retention. Their built-in True Accent feature gives you feedback on your pronunciation so that you're easily understood by native speakers. They have convenient desktop and app options, so you can learn on the go, and they offer a lifetime membership that includes all 25 languages at an incredible value. And now you can save even more with 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Serial Napper listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. 
Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. Sunnier, warmer days are almost here. Why not get a head start on looking and feeling your best this summer by trying something new like Factors No Prep, No Mess meals that are ready to eat in just two minutes. Get a helping hand to meet your wellness goals with Factors chef-crafted meals that include different nutritional options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Healthy meal planning has never looked so good with Factors fresh, never-frozen meals that are also dietitian approved No matter how busy you are, Factor can help kickstart and maintain a new healthy routine by making it easy to enjoy nutritious meals on the go. Plus, you'll never get bored eating the same thing every day because they offer 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. We're talking restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon because eating healthy doesn't have to be boring. Personally, I love not having to overthink what I'm going to eat every single day because that's half the battle. And I don't have to bother with shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. But the best part is, these meals are delicious with ingredients you can trust. Crush your wellness goals this May. Head to factormeals.com slash napper50 and use code napper50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code NAPPER50 at factormeals.com slash NAPPER50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. At some point on May 2nd, a really strange video of Christian pops up on the internet. It shows him acting really, really bizarre at the funeral of a person that he didn't even know. He has headphones on, and he's seen running around, jumping into the coffin, and he's shouting Gwalar, which is the name of the person who had died, but also the name of one of his younger brothers. At this point, Chris is seen actually climbing into the casket with the body, as family members are just screaming and trying to pull him away. The video is available online if you want to go look for it, but it's a pretty difficult thing to watch. It's very strange, very disturbing. Ultimately, Chris was hauled away by the authorities and he was sent to a detention center. Something was very clearly wrong. This kind of behavior is obviously outrageous and it's also completely out of character for Christian. A family friend would send this video to his brother Patrick, who says that his pupils looked huge, he was very uncoordinated in the way that he moved, as if he wasn't aware of his surroundings. Whatever had happened, it was clear that Christian was not in his right state of mind. Patrick tells this family friend that he's got to find out where Christian has been sent to and he's got to get him out of there, because something is obviously wrong. That evening, the family friend goes to the detention center where they are holding him. The plan is to bail him out, make sure he's safe, and get him back to South Africa. But when the friend shows up, he is immediately turned away because visiting hours are over. He'll have to wait until the morning to see Christian. Unfortunately, by morning, Christian would be dead. 
less than 24 hours after entering the Congo. When the family friend tries the following day, May 3rd, to once again get in contact with Christian and get him home, this time he is told that Christian has died while in police custody. They would provide photos and videos to his family to prove it. When Chris's brother Patrick learned of what had happened and saw the images, he was shocked. Christian's body was lying on the road and it was evident that he had been badly beaten before his death. He was shirtless and he had these deep cuts across his chest. His arms and his legs showed bruising and gashes that indicated that he had likely been tortured while he was in police custody. After spending less than 24 hours back in his home country of the Congo, Christian was dead and no one had any answers as to what happened to him. This has sparked a year-long investigation into what happened to Christian Kazadi, and it's been plagued by government corruption, or so it seems. There are more questions than there are answers. The officers who had initially arrested Christian at the funeral, they were called into questioning, but their statements have been kept quiet and no charges have been brought forward against them or anyone else. According to the United Nations Joint Human Rights Office, it's really not all that uncommon for people to die in the Congo while in police custody. In the first half of 2022 alone, approximately 133 people died while they were at a detention center. One of the biggest questions here, in my opinion, relates to the very reason that he was arrested. Why was Christian at that funeral and what was he doing? He didn't know the person who had died, he didn't know any of their family members, so why was he there in the first place when he was supposed to be taking care of his visa paperwork so that he could get back to South Africa? And who were those two unidentified men who had been seen with him at the airport? About a week after his death, one of the family members of the deceased person from the funeral, they were interviewed about what had happened there, what had happened at the funeral. However, the contact details that they gave, they were either fake or the phone number was disconnected shortly after that interview, so no one's been able to talk to them since. Do they know something about why Chris was at the funeral? Was there something that they were hiding? It has now been over a year since Christian was murdered, and his family still doesn't have any answers as to what happened to him. As you can imagine, it hasn't been the easiest process trying to get information out of the country. Allegedly, the case file for Christian's murder investigation, which would contain key information and evidence needed to solve this, it's gone missing, at least according to the Congolese National Police. How convenient. Until that file has been found, which it doesn't appear likely that it ever will, charges cannot be brought forward. Christian's family has also submitted a public records request to the Department of Home Affairs in South Africa. They want to find out why he was denied entry back into the country to begin with. This request was sent last July. Despite the fact that South African law dictates that the government must respond to this request within 30 days, they can request a 30-day extension, but it's been over a year later and there hasn't been a response or an update. Unfortunately, because there haven't been any answers, there's just been a lot of conspiracy theories to pop up. 
particularly because of the way that Christian was behaving at that seemingly random funeral. People have speculated that he was on drugs or that he was part of a cult, but his family denies this completely, and there really isn't any evidence to suggest that. Forbes has also done a really great job, in my opinion, of trying to help the family deal with all of the red tape surrounding the case. They also have a mini documentary on YouTube about Christian's murder, and I'll have a link to that in my show notes. But Christian's story does not end here. There are people who are responsible for his early death, and they need to be held accountable for what they did. Which is why it's important that we continue to talk about Christian and what happened to him. Don't let anyone sweep his death under the rug. He was deeply loved by his friends and his family, and his death, it leaves an empty space in their lives that can never be filled. For me, the thing that hurts me the most is Chris never came back from Forbes for me. He never came back. Like, we had planned that whole trip of, oh, you made it, you made it. Go there, show these people, and come back, and let's replan, and let's restructure. He never came back. He respected you guys, and he went to you guys, basically, to showcase and let you guys know that, hey, I'm out here, and you guys will hear a lot more from me as time goes on. And everybody else has failed him because everybody has failed him. That's it for me tonight. If you want to reach out, you can find me on Facebook at Serial Napper. You can also search for me on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm over on X, formerly known as Twitter, at Serial underscore Napper, or I post things on TikTok, Serial Napper Nick, and that's all one word. If you're listening to the audio format of this podcast, I also post all of my episodes in video format over on YouTube. If you go there and search for Serial Napper, they should all come up. And if you're watching on YouTube, I'd love if you can give me a thumbs up and subscribe. Until next time, sweet dreams, stay kind, especially in the comments. Bye.